a tale of two results then as Manchester City through to the next round of the FA Cup. But for Chelsea, so much to pick through. A horrendous performance from Graham Potter's side. Uh, Craig Burley with me here in the studio. Just first reaction, Craig. It's unbelievable. Well, I'm going to rummage through the football dustbin of positives and see if I can find any. There's none. Surely for Chelsea, well, why um, would you? And, and a sort of slightly tongue in cheek, there was only 1 0 in the second half. They managed to get two corners. Uh, actually, you know, Young Hutchison, when he came on, looked, looked lively. I, I never ever blame youngsters for losses, I just don't think it was smart at all of the Chelsea manager to certainly play youngsters in the back four, give one of them his debut. Uh, and let's be honest, as we see Phil Foden going over to uh, give it to a young kid, hopefully, his shirt. Nice. I just don't think it was wise to do that, to, to have that team selection. Let the, let the experienced players go out there and let them take the brunt of it. Uh, but yeah, let me sum this whole situation up. Pierre Aubameyang is not even in Manchester, we believe. He's not injured. This was a man signed by Todd Bowley because of his relationship with Thomas Tuchel, who he was about to fire. That, for me, and, and Graham Potter's left holding all these babies, I think that about sums it up. This was not a contest. It was never likely to be, but it just wasn't a contest. It was an embarrassment. And as I say, youngsters, no blame whatsoever. It's on the manager and on the senior players. Team selection, performance, Koulibaly, I mean, poor. I could go through the whole team. Yeah. Man City, even with their changes, seamless. Didn't even have to bother with Mr. Haaland or Kevin De Bruyne or Ilkay Gundogan. Didn't have to bother with them. It was a cakewalk. Uh, and Graham Potter, I'm afraid is under severe pressure. Uh, Frank LaBeouf, how is that 90 minutes for you? <laughs> well, I guess the kind of the longest uh, 90 minutes uh, ever in front of the TV. Um, congratulations to Man City. They were professional. They did what they had to do. I just wanted to remind you, you know, Thursday night, we, when we did the show, we talked about the fact that, because some, pe- some pundits were saying that Chelsea played well the first half, where Craig and I were saying that it was mostly because Manchester City didn't have the right tactic, didn't play well, that, uh, that, uh, that allowed uh, Chelsea to, uh, to do better than usually. But today they didn't exist. Yeah, you have some injuries. Yes, you have some, uh, some young players. But you have some experienced players who weren't there today and didn't do what they had to do. Yeah, again, it's a question of pride. It's a question of how you want to serve the club. If you want to let go or if you want to, buy, if you want to fight for it. And today we saw nothing. Um, and I'm, 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 I'm very sad when I see that because I know that there is a big uh, expectation from the fans and uh, from everybody. It should have been a very good tie, a very tight tie as Pep Guardiola was also expecting. It was embarrassing for Chelsea because we saw nothing. And I'm with Craig. Of course, the young, the, the young lads shouldn't be... Um, uh, hit by the, the criticism uh, they have to be put apart because they have, they, it, it was more difficult for them than the others I, I think about the whole, we played two games 
against uh, Man City, lost twice for his debut with the, with the club, and that will stay forever. That's not nice for from Potter to to do that. Uh, let's take you through then the highlights. Highlights very much from Manchester City. The quite contrast, meanwhile, uh, for Chelsea. Nice tribute to Luca Vialli, of course. This is the first game uh, Chelsea played since his passing midweek. Um, Unfortunately, I suppose Chelsea can put in the performance that maybe he would have expected. Riyad Mahrez opening the scoring in the 23rd minute. Yeah, and it was a brilliant free kick, obviously. Kepa had no chance in the end. It takes a small deflection of Conor Gallagher, but it was always going to be looking to me as if it was going to sneak in that far corner. So, yeah, terrific technique. Uh, Chelsea needed superheroes, maybe not quite in this manner. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be giving the cape to him. Kai Havertz, once again, a liability, outstretched hand, spotted by the VAR, Julian Alvarez back from the World Cup, just had a good time, gets back in the team, gets some game time. The pick of the four goals had to be this one, this is sublime from City. It was, went from one side to the other, Walker switched it out there, and then they, they re-switched it again. Mares sometimes uses Walker as the dummy, but, but realises the situation. There's no nobody tracking him back. Kovacic can't get there. The weight in the pass is excellent. You see how Mares just holds his position, doesn't get dragged in field, just knows where the space is, and Walker understands as well. He's got a free run. Picks out Phil Foden, opens that left boot out. Great goal. There's kind of a, a pre-season feel uh, about the, the second half in which not a lot happened. Chelsea, though, would concede a penalty late on. Yeah, and Ref took a little bit of time to think about it, but Koulibaly's got a chance to make a challenge here, a uh, proper challenge, maybe even with his right foot to slide round. He goes with the left, plays nothing of the ball, plays Phil Foden. Pretty much about sums up the day for Chelsea. Uh, Riyad Mahrez then converts the penalty... 4-0, Manchester City through to the next round. We learned earlier today they will face either Oxford or Arsenal, of course, a face-off uh, tomorrow. That could be the lowest expected goals, I think, and I'm not an expected goals expert, as you well know, Daniel. However, 0 <laughs> could be, somebody will correct me, one of the lowest ever out there. So people obviously will look at one win in eight. And Graham Potter has to step up. He's going to face the press. We'll be hearing from him uh, in a moment. What did he do wrong? Where did he get it wrong today? Everywhere. Uh, Team selection. Uh, And he'll maybe say at some point when we hear from him, if we do, I've got games coming up, I've got injuries. I understand all that. I think we all understand that. But I don't understand blooding extremely inexperienced players at one of the most difficult places in club football to go to. In particular, obviously, we look at that back four and we look at we know the potential that City have going forward. Well, Chalabar played at right back and, and Humphreys played in the middle uh, to start the game. And then they went to a back three in the second half and tried to shore it up a little bit. But yeah, I'm looking at youngsters. I just don't think it's the play. I, just, I think there's a time and a place for youngsters to get experience unless you have absolutely nobody else. Right. Nobody else. Then fine, but they did have options. So I thought his team selection was poor. I thought trying to play Zayech and Mount is tight behind Havertz, leaving the midfield three behind. I don't think was great. So yeah, I, I think he got they got everything. Look, I'm not saying if he did it any differently, they wouldn't have been outplayed. But 
I thought they went into this game with both their hands tied behind their back the way, the way he selected his team. Uh, they're 10 points off Manchester United. They're closer to the relegation zone than they are at the top of the table. Graham Potter, of course, came in to quite a lot of fanfare from people who know him, who saw, saw what he did at Brighton, Frank, and, and, and fair enough. Yet you look at the decision-making in particular today, and yes, you could just say it's the FA Cup, and yes, he's got Fulham on Wednesday, but you knew putting in that sort of back line was going to expose your team the way in which it evidently did. That is a schoolboy error, isn't it, from a manager who should know better? I think, I think it is. It's the first time that I, I am um, I'm not, I'm not supporting him. Uh, every time, you know, I try to find excuses to explain, you know, why it was difficult for him, that we, have to, we had to give him some time. But today, as Craig mentioned, you know, it's the game of your season because it's maybe the only silverware you can get. And you need to get Warrior on the field. No, no, you don't need talent because talent doesn't work at Chelsea right now. So you need some people who want to make sure the club's going to survive, going to get something out of it. And you put Humphrey and all, we are very young and experienced, uh, against Man City, against Rian Mares and, and Foden. And you already know, you know, that's going to be very difficult if it's not impossible to cop with those two players. Where you can have Aspiliqueta, we all know that Aspiliqueta is not the best technical player, but we know that he has a spirit, that he can fight, that he can go for it. And, uh, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm pretty upset today because I think, yeah, the team selection was wrong today from, uh, from Grand Potter. And, uh, and the behaviour of some players, of course. But uh, that's the first time that I say I question his, uh, his capability of, uh, of dealing with a, with a big club like Chelsea and dealing with the pressure of it. Well, when you go to Man City, you know your back line. If your back line doesn't perform, you are absolutely up the creek without a paddle, right? You're just, you're just fighting a losing battle straight away. So you have to get experience in there, and I don't know what his position is on Cucurella, who he had at Brighton, sold to Chelsea, and now seems he's lumbered with him. But play Aspilicueta at right back and play Chalaba at centre back. I mean, at least, at least, and Cucurella at left back, at least there's experience there. Mm. I mean, actually, maybe he just thinks Lewis Hall's a better option than Cucurella, who's been pretty poor. I have to be, I have to be honest. But I didn't get the. I just didn't. I just didn't get his team selection. I just don't. I, I've, you know, I'm. I think he's a good manager. Yes. I, I just don't. I don't. I actually don't know what to think at the moment with this club. And so, but, how can a manager who's done so well in the past come up so short in these sort of games? Because I think he's gone in. He doesn't know his squad. He doesn't know what's going to be the best thing that works for him. He wants to play Rhys James. Obviously, he's one of the best in the business. He's injured. Chilwell's out. He probably thinks he's got to worry about Thiago. His best player, thirty-eight. Thiago Silva. So I, I, he's searching. He's another one who is uh, searching. And look, I, again, he's lumbered with the likes of Aubameyang. City were happy to sell Chelsea Raheem Sterling. Let's be honest about it. Kai Havertz is a liability. Can't get you goals. Doesn't really work that hard. Yep. Werner's already gone back to Germany. Pulisic's got injuries. Pulisic can't last 90 minutes. He gets kicked every game. He goes off. Zayech is a bit of a lightweight, he's a skillful player. We thought, oh, World Cup, he'll come back in and great. Potter knew this. He knew that, you know, Pulisic come back from the World Cup, he'll get injured. He knew Zayech would come back and there would be flashes and he's a lightweight. So he's got all these problems to deal with. 
And then he has to turn to Aubameyang, who, as I say, was signed by Tuchel, who Bowley was about to sack. And then at the start of the season, when, when Potter comes in, he's got to listen to the consortium, talk, and you know this is a bugbear in mind, talking about all-star games. <laughs> Worry about the business. Worry about <laughs> what you're putting on the field. What you're putting on the field is the business. Mid-table is not where Chelsea strive to be. Getting battered by other elite clubs in the Premier League and the FA Cup is not where Chelsea strive to be. Putting out youngsters to be mauled at the hands of players like Mares and you know others at Man City is not where they should be. It's, it's mind-boggling. I actually am intrigued now. I am really intrigued by what Potter, the, cons- the, the ownership... And this club does over the next four weeks. I'm intrigued because I think we're going to learn a lot about them. Uh, Frank, we of course heard the Chelsea supporters chanting Thomas Tuchel's name uh, in the second half there. With hindsight, was it a mistake to let him go when they did? The thing is that you can, you can chant uh, Thomas Tuchel, but don't forget that the main, all the players that uh, Craig just mentioned have been bought under him. And you could question the recruitment uh, department at Chelsea for, for years now. If you compare for, for what you see at uh, Arsenal, for example, we came back from, from hell, I have to say, uh, but back within like three years with Arteta, with a good, a good selection of players that they wanted to buy, uh, City, what they do every time, um, you, you have a result of a bad recruitment. So it's nice to... Uh, to, to chant uh, Thomas Tuchel, but the way that at the end Thomas Tuchel was playing was also boring, where we didn't get anything, it was all about position, but it's like, it's like Graham Potter, it's why he's being criticised, it didn't, didn't change, maybe he couldn't, but it didn't change anything. Today, the first half, we saw uh, Kepa getting the ball for the, for the six yards, ball, six yards uh, kick, and trying to play in a 16-yard box, like you want to get the position of the ball, you know that at some point it's going to go bad and you're going to lose the ball, and you are in front of your TV, you say, what the hell is going on right now? What they are trying to do against Manchester City? You don't know City at all? You're not scared of them? What, what's wrong with you? I swear, give, him, give me the team. Allah will choose warriors. I'm not going to choose talent because talent is on top of what of the, the spirit that you have to have. But it's not talent first and play well first and then maybe run and maybe get the spirit. No, it doesn't work. Football never worked like that. Italians were experts of that where they, they tried to defend well first before getting the talent on top of it. But right now we see nothing. And we saw nothing for like almost all year with Tuchel. So it's nice to sing Tuchel, Tuchel, but that's not the result uh, that you have to have. You have to find somebody... We can bring something different to Chelsea, a more vertical game, more spiritual game, where it's like the players are never in danger. And when a player is not in danger because of the competition, because of the pressure that the fans or the, the club can make on them, it's, they feel easy. They so, feel comfortable. And that's not a life of a football player. Some uh, of the f- Alexis is standing by, by the oh, way. Okay. Graham Potter will be with us in a moment. Craig, go on. Some of the football under Tuchel was... Pretty turgid, and I think people forget he was sacked because they had they were getting bad results. I mean, look, there's no easy answer here. We'll be, they'll be they'll be looking out Avram Gramp's phone number at, at this yeah. rate. <laughs> honestly, to come back in. That's where that's sort of where we're heading. But the season's done. Well, that's <laughs> out the FA Cup, Champions League, okay, <laughs> but that's that's a stretch and a half. League, obviously. 
Yeah, I mean, you're now looking to, about picking these players off the floor, picking this manager and his staff off the floor. And seeing, I agree with Frank. I, I only want people in my team who are going to roll their sleeves up now. I don't care really what it yeah. lo- I don't care what it looks like. I care. I just care. I care about getting the result. I don't. I don't care if if I'm the manager. I don't care if I have to be launching the ball long a la Wimbledon 1980 style if that means getting a, a few results that's kind of where they are now that's not what they'll do but that's the kind of position that, that they're in and how do you rally this I never, envi- I never envisaged for one moment I never thought it was going to be easy and, and it's not and I don't know how it's going to end uh, for the club and for the manager I never thought it was going to be an easy transition but I never ever ever thought it was going to be this difficult this bad yeah uh, and I thought but obviously he, uh, Potter will say look, I've had a look at the injuries and he's got a whole page of injuries there the World Cup disrupted any and sort I've of not, I'll have, and, I've, and I came in after the transfer window when, when yeah. these players were already yeah. in and I had that, six and, weeks without these and players and that's true but then we do criticise other managers by saying well this is what you have to work with so work with it so in, in that sense there can be no parachute for him in a sense because Personally, I haven't given that parachute to other managers. I've said, well, we'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, I'm not suggesting take this group and be challenging for the league, but I'm sort of figure out how to be a lot better than what you are. That's the first port of call. It's not sprinkle some magic dust on it and all of a sudden they are Man City. No. But they're more sort of wolves at the moment than they are Man City. And that's what I'm saying. You need to be better with what you've got than what you are. I think the thing is as well, from a Chelsea perspective, you look at this like, where is the Potter DNA on this team? What improvements has he made? What is he trying to achieve? And it's difficult to see any of that. Well, there's a bit like when Ranjit went into Man United, albeit it was a short-term appointment, but he had this talking about high pressing and high intensity, and we used to sit here and say, what are we seeing? Uh, We're not seeing anything different, And, and that was because... Either one, he really didn't have a clue, but I think I suspect two of the players were not listening to Ralph Ranić. And doesn't it feel kind of similar here? Yeah. That there is no Potter's bright in the way they played sort of DNA, and it kind of senses that to, sounds to me a little bit similarities are there that the players are kind of not really listening to what he wants, and if they are, <laughs> they're certainly not carrying out the orders. Uh, we're still waiting. Potter, um, Alexis standing by for well, Potter. I can, I just have a, can I just have a word on Manchester City? Because obviously it takes two to tangle in this kind of, kind of dynamic. They played some beautiful football today for what was pretty much their second team. It pretty much was. And uh, Alvarez got some game time. Young Cole Palmer get game time again. Rico Lewis come on. Sergio Gomez. Uh, change in goal. Goalkeeper really uh, comfortable with the ball at his feet again. We know Riyad Mahrez's quality. Uh, and that's the thing when we talk about you know, we, we talk a lot about Jack Grealish who didn't feature. And I always reference Riyad Mahrez and say because, you know, and okay, today Chelsea were cannon fodder. There's no doubt about it. But it's that kind of quality that makes a difference in some of these games that are tight. And he, he brings game-changing mentality and skill to the football field. That's something that Jack Grealish has to do regular. And what Kai Havertz has brought to Chelsea has been a, obviously a spectacular goal in the Champions League final. And Jules was reporting that um, Riyad Mahrez gave the ball to Alvarez as kind of a welcome back present. It's quite nice. And that, in a nutshell, tells you how easy they thought this game was. Right. That here you go, Chelsea are so bad 
that I'm going to give the penalty to my teammate as a welcome back. That, that's what they, that's how they <laughs> thought this game was going. But I'm just wondering as we see these brilliant bits of play from Man City, we ran in a Graham Potter uh, press conference that was post the league defeat and it was as frustrated and as angry and, and as anxious and rattled as I've seen him. I just wonder what Graham Potter we're going to get. Because there's no easy questions to him tonight from any journalist about how his team have played. Yeah. There's no like, well, you know, how are the players feeling? Well, that was a little unlucky. It's about attitude, team selection, shape, desire, all those things. And he's going to have to answer those questions. Frank, what's the first thing that he has to address between now and the Fulham game? Well, wow. Uh, maybe make a selection of the players that he's sure doesn't bring any, anything to him or won't bring anything to him and, uh, and, and get only the people that he knows that he can go to, uh, to something different and change the mentality of the dressing room, maybe. That's what it is. He will have to maybe sacrifice some players to show that he's, he's, he's the guy in the dressing room. Look, uh, Mr. Ten Hag, he went for the top of the top. And, uh, and stood up for his decision. So it's maybe how you get the respect of the others. How Pep Guardiola, I heard Rian Marez after the game that they played on Thursday, saying that he was, the, the presenter said he was one of the best, you know, for the season. And he was on the bench and came, came, came on okay. and scored. He said, we know what All we right, can Frank. expect. Frank, we know have to what we cannot you, expect We're going to have to interrupt Guardiola. you, mate, because we've got now uh, Greg Sorry. Potter live with Alexis Nunes. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan Graham. Thank you so much for chatting with us because we know, of course, that was another tough loss to take. Uh, the second one to City in four days. Um, where were you let down the most by this time? Well, I don't say let down. I thought we we um, we suffered against a, a very good opponent. Um, we're not in a fantastic moment ourselves, and um, I thought the first twenty minutes was cagey. Um, obviously, Manchester City. You know, you expect to um, be out of possession a while but we couldn't really affect their back line as much as we'd like we, we didn't play as well as we, we could with the ball but um, we uh, conceded a goal from a, a, a set play it's a, it's a direct free kick and it's a great strike and quickly a penalty and then it's 2-0 and then you're stuck between trying to chase the ball get the ball back against a team that can really open you up so it was a tough um, a tough afternoon for us and um, we're disappointed of course with the result and we're disappointed with the performance and of course, we've seen some players, former players, for example, Alan Shearer and then Frank LeBeouf, who's currently working with us as well, kind of questioning the attitude of the players, wanting a bit more urgency, a bit more desire that's worthy of the crest. Um, did you want a bit more from them today? Well, I think sometimes when the scoreline goes against you here and because they're so good with the ball and they make the pitch so big, it can look that way. I think um, you know Manchester United got beat heavily here. For example, it's it's uh, you're playing against one of the best teams in the world. Um, we've got some young players that are that are adapting to the challenges of of playing at this at this level as well. So um, I think there's a, a combination of the quality of the opponent as well as the moment we're in, and and the challenge for us is to not feel sorry for ourselves. It's to to keep going and to and to show a better level. And then we know that, of course, the injuries list has kind of dealt you blow after blow after blow. Has that kind of changed probably how you're um, planning for this January transfer window? Well, yes and no. Uh, I think at the same time, it's a situation that we have. 
because uh, if things turn around, you end up with 30 players, and that's impossible. So um, we're having a bad moment, um, and as always, you have to look at the transfer window and find out the, what the right and the best solution is. Um, very complicated in this window, but for us, it's about focusing on Thursday. We have a game against Fulham, and that's a big game for us. Graham, thanks so much. All the best for the next one. Thank you. Well, I think he was rather nice on his. On his I, well, he's not going to. He's not. He knows players will listen. See, I, you can understand his viewpoint in that this is a team that's decimated with injuries. He's having to play youngsters against one of the best teams in the world. But he didn't have to. That was my point. He didn't have to play the youngsters today. I'm not saying the others were playing brilliantly, but he did not have, particularly in the back four. Uh, we know these players are out, but as Plaquetta come on. Cucurella was on the bench. But his, 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 his thinking like, right, okay, whatever team I put out against City, we're probably going to lose. So what I need to do is prioritise Wednesday away against Fulham, where we've got a much better chance of getting a result. So therefore, I'm not going to play Thiago Silva or Azpilicueta, because I need them for that game, which really I will be judged Well, by. I understand the Thiago Silva one because of his age. The others, I don't really. The game's on Wednesday, it's not tomorrow. Uh... If I put out a back four, it keeps a clean sheet at Man City. I'm, I'm pretty good with that, going into Wednesday, rather than going into Wednesday off, off the back of a pummeling. Uh, if I'm him, I'm sitting in my office, I'm getting my staff, and I'm putting everybody's name up on the board. And I'm going to sit with my staff, the ones that are fit and available, I'm going to sit with my staff and I'm say, tell me about this player... <clears throat> Is he going to go to the well for me? Right. Is he going to roll his sleeves up and fight and run? And if the staff and, and the consensus is no, cross, out, he's not playing. And I go down them and then I figure out who's at least yeah, but Craig, going the to show is, that. You're looking at that front line, for example. Havertz, you imagine, is not under that umbrella. You look at Sterling at the moment, obviously injured. Who else played today? You had Mount there, who obviously is committed to the cause, but in a bad run of form at the moment. You could be in a situation where all of them are on the wrong side of that list. Yeah, but my, my, front, my front line, although it is not and, and hasn't been for a while operational and they are lacking in that department, my bigger concern is midfield and, and the back. Right. Because they can't keep a clean sheet. Right? And I can worry about that, but I need to fix this bit first. <laughs> I need to make sure my back four is in place, that I'm solid, and my midfield's giving them protection. We've talked about that with Liverpool. Stevie's talked about it. That back line that looked so solid for so long has never looked so uh, has never looked so weak and so open. But they're getting run at from uh, a lack of bodies in the middle of the park, and, and from Chelsea, it's the same. I can worry about the fact I haven't got a goal scorer once I worry about what everything else is going wrong at the other end and and as I say the games are coming thick and fast and I'm intrigued to see what his team selection is going to be come come midweek and I'm, I'm and another defeat it just begs more questions about his ability to make the changes within this current squad that Chelsea need to move forward I'm gonna, I, I, this is a really stupid question and I, it's a difficult one for you to answer but from what we saw in that post-match interview where he was really nice, really engaging compared to what we've maybe seen from other managers who've achieved more than him in the past, is he too nice? Well, you were right about your question. Yeah, no, I know, but do you, you get what yeah, I'm saying? No, I, I, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. He might be in the dressing room shouting and bawling. Right. I, I don't know. I, yeah. don't, I don't think so. 
Uh, I don't. Th- he doesn't seem to me a guy who's frightened to make big decisions. Right. So I don't. I don't think it's that. I, I just think when he's at the moment, when he's looking at setting up his team during the week or for two or three days before a game, he's probably got a million things changing in his mind. No, that's not going to work. No, that's not going to work. No, he's not worked for me. No, he's not worked for me. And I just don't think he knows what a living to put out to get the results that he needs. I just don't. Go on, Frank. Yeah, I, I agree with Greg. I think... Uh... I talked to Zidane once, and he, he was telling me that sometimes he woke up at the 2, in, 2 a.m. He said, well, oh, I forgot something. I forgot to, to tell that player that he wouldn't play the, tomorrow. So they have thousands of things to think. But you have to clear up your mind and to know exactly what you have to say and what, what you have to do, but what you have to say to the players. And, uh, and I, I completely agree with Craig. You have to make sure that, you, that your team is solid enough to, to keep, a, goal, to keep a, uh, a score, and then maybe you can think about the future, which is scoring goals. <laughs> it's where Chelsea is right now. That's what it is. That's, that's uh, crazy, but that's what it is. So you have to make sure that the guy in charge will go, to the, go back to the basics and make the team playing like you want to survive. I'm sorry. What he explained, I mean, it's hard to come after a game and I think he shouldn't have come. Well, it's nice for him to come, but he shouldn't have come because you have nothing to say and you nothing you can really say. Um, I thought that game was the most important game of the season for the rest of the season because they had only the FA Cup to, to win, except if they win the Champions League, which would be a miracle, but it already happened. But the thing is, I don't think he's going to be, he's going to be relegated. So what, what about the game on Wednesday? Try to win that game. Try to win that game with Thiago Silva at the back and Aspiriqueta on the, on the right side. Try to get some wire in the middle of the park. Uh, so Dakaya was the best player. Why was he on the bench today? Why? I don't, I don't get that. So he made mistakes. The team selection was wrong. It's nice that he came, but he has no excuses. On that game, he has no excuses. He made it wrong. So let's see on next Wednesday what's going to happen <laughs> if there is another, another game for him. One of the problems for Graham Potter is perception. Uh, I think other managers, maybe not as bad, maybe worse, I don't know. I think other big-name managers might be having the same problems. But I think the blame would be, well, it's the injuries... It's the players. I don't know, Craig. You won in eight at Chelsea. No, 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 no. I, don't, I agree. But what I'm saying is, the perception here for a struggling manager is Brighton's Brighton, Austersons is Austersons, Swansea yeah. Swansea, and whether that's the right analysis or not, it is in some quarters the analysis. Whereas. Tuchel struggled at the end and that's why he was sacked. He got nowhere near the title last year. Yes, did win the Champions League, but the perception because he'd been at Dortmund and PSG was he'll get the job done. He'll turn it round. It's the players. Potter's not and, and is never... And unless he's successful at Chelsea or somewhere else, he's never going to have that luxury. Right. And that is another problem for him. Is perception. Uh, Frank, we heard John Champion during the uh, commentary mention this is the first time in 25 <coughs> years that Chelsea haven't made it past the third round. Do you remember what happened 25 years ago at Stamford Bridge in the third round in the game that you were playing He's that looking, you lost? Look. 
I don't. I'm sorry. There were what eight, was the game against? There Manchester were eight, United, I heard. There, there were eight goals. Oh, yes. We, we were losing 5-0. Is that correct? Uh, against yeah, yeah. Manchester you conceded, United? You conceded 5, yes. Disgrace. How many of them were your fault, Frank? Yeah. Oh, uh, whatever. Five. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I remember, I remember that I, I was talking about the pride, you know. Sometimes you can be bad. No problem. You can yeah. miss games and um, having a lack of, uh, of whatever talent, chance or, or expertise, whatever it is. But I remember that that game where we came back to 5-3 and, and Roberto Di Matteo hit the post two minutes before the end. We never lost the, uh, the thought of, okay, the fans are there and we have to, be, to, be, uh, um, to show the, the, the pride that we have in our heart. That's what it is. That's what I, I'm resentful towards the players today. It's, I, think, uh, I think about the fans who were there. They didn't fight for that. So we lost 5-3. Okay, it was a shame. I remember going down the street and I almost apologized to the fans. But the year after, we beat Manchester United 5-0. It was a revenge. It was a real revenge for us. That was... I've been, always been struck by, by that feeling that I, I wasn't talented. But I had something. I had something in my heart and I had something in my brain. And I know Craig understands me. That was the feeling that we had. Yeah, we played... As Rudgelid was saying, sexy football. But we had fighters. We had warriors. Dennis Wise, Craig Burley. I can tell you. Uh, I played the first show with Alan Jensen, Steve Clark. Those people were, were ready to die on the field for football, for their fans, for their clubs, and for their teammates. That I didn't see today. That's. Ah, it's why I say, give me the job. I go with Craig. We're going to go in the dressing room. And I tell you, we're going to change the mentality. That's for sure. <laughs> no, it seems a good rea- reality TV show. It seemed, I'd did, like you, that. did you hear the... Uh, no, uh, the uh, it seems about 10 minutes ago now. I forgot to bring it up. The expected goals. Did you hear... Uh, yes, worst expected goals in five years five, for Chelsea in all competitions. All competitions. Yeah. Five. You remembered that? Pardon? When the producer said that, well, it I seems like 20 minutes ago. I forgot. Yeah. Five yeah. years. And and what's interesting that Frank mentioned, and he's used the word warrior a lot today. When it comes to recruitment, surely that's got to be part of who you're looking to bring in, isn't it? Someone who is going to be able to lead in these sort of situations. Yeah, but they've just brought in a, a, a lot of, uh, well, I say a lot, I believe at least two new recruitment people. Yes. Uh, sporting directors, uh, head of recruitment, scouts, right? Basically. Uh, so, how much of the shots is he calling? I, I, I don't know. He's mm. not had a transfer window yet. This transfer window, is he getting what he needs? Is he getting what others think he needs? I mean, it's... I don't know. Uh, how much... I mean, would they spend a couple hundred million in the summer? Seventy million. Uh, I mean, even Koulibaly. I mean, he bet he wishes Napoli are absolutely flying. Yes, yeah probably going to win the Scudetto I mean he must be thinking what the hell have I come into here I mean it's like Thiago Silva's the glue that's yeah. I mean you think it, it's almost like the glue is holding his body together at 38 but he's actually holding this as best as he can this team together you know Angola Kante there's nowhere to be seen and all these injuries and Rhys James comes back and and now he's out again, and we don't know how, how long for the Obama Young signing that I've talked about already on the show. And, and uh, it, it, it's a mess. It is an it is an absolute mess. And, and I suppose, in some sense, that's new ownership for you, uh, new strategies, new direction. You know, twenty years or thereabouts of Roman Abramovich ruling with the iron fist. We just don't know off the field what the new Chelsea 
is going to look like when it's all shaking out, but we certainly know at the moment what it looks like on the field. Let's get some reaction now, shall we, from the Etihad. Alexis is with Julianne Laurent and Mark Ogden. Yeah, thanks so much, Dan. What a brilliant job in selling our FA Cup rights. But we love it. We love the FA Cup. The magic of it indeed. But the magic... Uh, Augie, let's go to you first on this one. Definitely did not follow Chelsea. Jules said it was embarrassing. We've heard the words pathetic, shambolic, pretty much everything. Um, is that exactly how you saw it? Yeah, they were awful. Um, right from the start, you looked at the City team sheet. No Erling Haaland, no Kevin De Bruyne. If you're Chelsea, you're thinking, this is a real chance, you know? And they just blew it. I mean, from the start. I mean, I know it took 25 minutes to City to score, but you felt even before that that Chelsea weren't at it. And I didn't know this until during the game, but Chelsea hadn't lost in the third round since 1998. They're a club that expects to win the FA Cup and does well. And they were just torn apart by City. And if I was Graham Potter, I'd be really worried. And I know the owners have said that, you know, he's there for the long term. You can't survive the long term if you're losing like that. Jules? Yeah, we said it was embarrassing. The second half was slightly better, but it could not be as bad as the first <laughs> half anyway. And, and City kind of stopped playing, even if they scored mm -hmm. a, a fourth one. It's just, I think his choices were wrong at the start of the game. Mm -hmm. I think the tactic was wrong as well. Uh, and, and in the end, there was no fighting. There was just nothing in that performance. And I think this is, this is where I'm the most worried. Because you can lose against a better team. It happened. It happened to them in the league against City on Thursday at mm -hmm. Stamford Bridge. It's okay, you lose to a better team. But today, there just was nothing in there for Chelsea. And if you were Chelsea fans, you, would, you have to be worried. How much trouble do you think Graham Potter is in right now, Augie, after we see this? Because we do understand that it is new ownership as yeah. well. So they may not rule with iron fist that we have seen in the past. But again, many are believing that based on his tactics, it shows that he's just out of his depth. Well, the big concern will be the fans chanting for Thomas Tuchel. In the second mm. half, they're chanting Thomas Tuchel's name. And that, if you're the manager, that is a worry. But mm. do you know I don't, I don't really want to say this, but I feel I have to say it because I, I believe it. This is re reminding me of Man United and David Moyes. The, the coach is out of his depth. The, the players don't seem to be buying into it. The, the step is too big. From Brighton to Chelsea, it's too big. As it was for David Moyes from Everton to Man United. Potter's making the same mistakes. He's brought his whole backroom staff from Brighton, as Moyes did with Everton at United. The players are looking around that dressing room. You know, Thiago Silva, you've got Raheem Sterling, you've got, all these, you've got World Cup winners, you've got European Champions League winners. And they're looking at these guys thinking... How are you going to make me better? And they're not making him better. They're, they're making them worse. Now, I do feel sorry for Potter in the sense that he's been given a lot of players that Chelsea paid over the odds for. They're not good enough. I mean, Mark Kukurey, they paid way over the, the odds for him. But he's one of the players he had at Brighton, to be fair. He's just got a, a squad of players that doesn't fit. And he's a coach that hasn't got the big time credentials that will motivate the rest of him so for me it's David Moyes all over again I think it'll end the same way well Jules you're in the interview room with me um, as well when I was speaking to him and and as he said it's some will want to give him a break because of the injury list and the fact that we are in the January transfer window and I did ask him about that and he said look this is just a a, a position that I couldn't even plan for you know so how much slack do you cut him there I mean, I, I didn't like his pre-match press conference, I have to say, when he talked about Klopp and Guardiola not winning yeah. anything in his first year. I mean, this is... They were not 10th in the table, closer to the bottom than to the top of the Premier League, for example. They were not out of all competition apart from the Champions League in a game against Milan, in a tie against Milan. Now, by the way, that looks very, very tricky for Chelsea, suddenly. And, and I, you can't almost like compare yourself with Klopp and with... Guardiola and even with Arteta to, to a certain extent and, and I just he has to stop finding excuses they're not good enough he's not doing a good job right now that doesn't mean that he will be sacked but right now they are a bad team and he's a bad manager and they can't win a single game whatever the competition so the game against Fulham on Thursday is massive if they lose again I mean I don't know what can happen if they lose at Fulham I think is it Liverpool away after that Yeah, which is massive because you know Liverpool for me 
the, the challenging Newcastle for fourth spot. I think United, Arsenal, City will top top three. So you've got Liverpool, maybe Newcastle. And if Chelsea want to get into that top four, and it's looking really, really grim, they have to win at Anfield. And, you know, you can't see them winning anywhere at the moment. That's true, exactly. And I mean, just to that point then, Augie, because I think if you, you only have to look on social media and just see all of the Chelsea fans hoping, praying, crossing all fing- fingers that a certain Enzo Fernandez, a World Cup winner, could come and maybe at least help them somewhat. But on that, what much more do they need and what much more can Potter do, at least in this January transfer window, to salvage that growing injury list? If, if I was Enzo Fernandez, I'd be telling his agent to say, just, just keep Chelsea, <laughs> just don't answer the phone because like, you can get a better club than Chelsea right now. Yeah. You know, Chelsea are 10th in the Premier League or 9th or 10th. Like Jules said last season, FA Cup finalists, Carabao Cup finalists, Champions League qualifiers, a proper big team. Mm. Now they're nowhere near. They're not going to be in the Champions League next season unless they win it, which they won't. So why would Enzo Fernandez go to Chelsea? Why, why would Mikhailo Mudrik go to Chelsea? That is, that is Chelsea's problem right now, that as soon as you're out of that big pitch, the big, the big four, players don't want to sign for you. Now, they do have the draw of being Chelsea, it's London, but it doesn't matter if you're playing in the Conference League or not even in that. So, it's a massive few weeks ahead for Chelsea, and there's so much inexperience at all levels. The manager, the owner, the people the owner's brought in. I just don't know where Chelsea go, apart from, you know, in a tailspin. Jules, do you think that's, that's pretty much the case now? Chelsea have been set back in terms of appealing or, or trying to convince big players to come to them now in this yeah. period. Yeah, and also if you're, if you're a manager, uh, if you're an agent or a player following what's happening at Chelsea, you might sign for, for Graham Potter, but he might not be there in two months yeah. or even before that. So why would you almost take a gamble and come to Chelsea when you don't even know what's going to happen in the next six months because half of the squad can change, the manager can change again. At least we know the owners are there because they've just bought the club, but... <laughs> But it's so the instability at that club, or the, the uncertainty about the future, is so big that I'm not sure why Enzo or anybody else would fancy going there. Chelsea's problem now is that the only players that have got to Chelsea are the ones whose agents or the players want to make a lot of money because mm. they can, Chelsea pay big wages, mm. and that's the problem. They're going to get players who are coming in who know they're not going to be in the Champions League, but Chelsea play massive wages, and that, and that is the worst kind okay. of player you can get. Guys, right, Dan, well, there you have it. It's been an absolute. Hi, Craig. Oh, one second. Has anybody heard from Todd Craig, Bowley? Has anybody heard from Todd Bowley? Because at the start of the season, he seemed to love, he seemed to love the cameras and all the talk about All Star games. And I'm sure Chelsea fans couldn't give a stuff about that. But is he? Has he been seen or heard in the last two or three weeks? His manager's under pressure. The fans are not happy. We're in the January transfer window now. Is he going to give his manager or indeed the fan base any direction in which way they're going to go in the next three or four weeks? Well, he was seen on, on Thursday at the game um, against Manchester where, where City. Was, yeah, he was there and, with a, with and looked like he was having a, a great time. With a player and his agent. Now, if, yeah. to, be fair, to be fair, Craig, if, if I was Craig Potter, I wouldn't want Todd Bowler to say anything. Because that, <laughs> yeah. you just don't know what he's going to say. And, you know, the All-Star thing was a concern. And, you know, the one good thing about the All-Star game is that we know Chelsea players in it. So maybe, you know, Potter will keep his squad together. But, listen, I, I think Todd Bowler has shown a lot of his inexperience this season. It, he's... He's not really a guy that knows the game, knows football. He just doesn't doesn't know football. He's he's giving players seven and a half year contracts. Now, you wouldn't even give Lionel Messi a seven and a half year contract because it's just just not a wise thing to do. It's just, you know, what can happen if the player doesn't do well or, you know, it's seven and a half years, it's ridiculous. And he's applying US sports logic to football and it's totally different. And it's a completely different business and you can't change that that world straight away. And I think he's going to make a lot of mistakes and make some big mistakes and it's going to cost him a lot of money. Uh, Jules, is Gab back tomorrow for your podcast? 
No, it's still on holidays. The longest oh, holidays ever, wow. I believe. What I mean, you know, love a holiday so, too, don't lie. Oh. Me and Don will be there tomorrow. I think of all the long <laughs> anecdotes you're going to get about Argentina and Buenos Aires when he's back, Jules. Lucky oh. you. Uh, thank you very much, guys. <laughs> Go somewhere warm. Just a reminder then, the latest edition of the Gab and Jules podcast with Don will be available on Monday. Plenty for them to talk about. Uh, before we go, we've got to talk about one of our guests making an appearance on an English television show called Soccer AM, which is traditionally on a Saturday. And uh, this is you, Frank, just casually put it in the top bins. Bang! Uh, you know, football is a business. You know, you need to have some talent. I just wanted to show it. <laughs> what are you doing there? Isn't it for young people? Look at that. Little volley. Boom. Uh, you know, I don't want to talk to Brentford fans, so I'm just kicking some balls. That's all right. Why were you, you there, Frank? No, I love them. Uh, um, I don't know. It's my third time to that show. It's a fun show. It's been a long, long show. And I remember with Tim and Helen uh, Chamberlain that, uh, that, I, that I met in 96, I think. And uh, they asked me to come. And, uh, and I said, okay, with the... Uh, the, uh, the, accept- the the agreement of uh, of Steve Palisi, uh, my, my boss at ESPN, but uh, and it was fun. It was fun because it's uh, it's a good show. It's a uh, it's a show has been uh, running for like almost thirty yeah. years, yeah. and uh, it was fun to it was fun. You know, I didn't want to kick the ball, but I I found one or two balls. So I, I and the second ball, I just volleyed it into the bin. <laughs> I said, "Oh my god! I hope they filmed it. I want to show it to Dan Thomas." <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. There you are. Well Popping done. Lucky. Networks Lucky. disgusting. Well, I know. Yes, exactly. Well, you want to have another network as well this week. Mm. Uh, you've been on soccer. So you must have been on soccer end before, isn't oh, it? I've done it before, Frank. It's old news. Did to you me. do it top bins? Did they have? We that didn't have. They change it all the time. You know, yeah. it's just how. It's, that's why it keeps going for so many years. Right, it's I like see. Oh. Revamped and revamped. Okay, we seem to be promoting this show quite a lot. I, don't know. Anyway, I, I didn't get paid for my appearance. Oh, Frank, did you get? Did you get paid for that? I was just. Uh, of course. Yeah. I don't talk for nothing. <laughs> See, I just, I, just did, I just did my little cameo for the goodness of my heart. Oh, I love it. Manchester City, brilliant. Chelsea, anything but then in this key tie at the Etihad that sees City through to the next round of the FA Cup. Chelsea are out and have so much work to do ahead now of what is a must-win class. You suggest to Graham Potter against Fulham on Wednesday.